you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Play action, end zone. Touchdown, Tito! He ran the slant right in front of the goalpost and dunks it. He's still got the serious hops as he dunks it over the goalpost. Empty backfield to Tim Tebow. Quarterback draw, roll to his right. He's into the end zone. Unbelievable. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live, featuring the experts of NFL.com. With that carry, DeMarco Murray has set a Dallas Cowboys record for most rushing yards in a game by a running back. Here are your hosts, Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison, and Jason Smith. NFL Fantasy Live here on Series 210, XM87. The number is 888-963-2682. The next couple hours we will be setting your lineups, answering all your trade questions. Jason Smith, Elliot Harris, and Michael Fabiano coming up in a little bit less than 15 minutes. NFL Network analyst Heath Evans is going to stop by. All the latest on Terrell Owens, what's going on with the New Orleans Saints. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. But before we get there, some big injury news to get to. And this is stuff that is just breaking within the last hour. Some conundrums that might be resolved. Some issues that might actually not be issues. Let's start with this one, Fabs. This is something that you brought to us about a little over an hour ago. Peyton Hillis back at practice for the Cleveland Browns. I know that Hillis is a guy. you got to get him back in your lineup, at least at a flex play. But we saw Pat Shermer say after the game on Sunday, Ontario Hardesty had a pretty nice day, 95 yards. It did take him 33 carries to get there. But he did say he was very impressed with what he had to do. So even if and when Peyton Hillis comes back, it's going to be a timeshare. How do you see this going forward? I don't see a straight timeshare. I don't see 50-50. Maybe it's 70-30. Monteiro Hardesty did not impress me when he was on the field. I mean, 33 carries, and he couldn't even rush for 100 yards. Uh, Hillis is the guy to me. He is going to lose some carries to Hardesty. It's not going to be like last year where he had 331 touches and there was nobody behind him on the depth chart. But I don't, I don't see a true timeshare. Uh, I clearly don't like either running back this week against the 49ers. They have just been unbelievably tough on running backs. They've given up barely any points to fantasy backs this season. So even though... Hillis is back, just like you said. He's no better than a flex starter, and 
a desperation flex starter at that because the matchup is really tough. Yeah, here's why I, I kind of look at Hardesty as maybe someone for later on. And, and Elliot, you talk a lot about fantasy versus reality. The reality is, even though he didn't produce on the field, Schirmer's very excited that Hardesty didn't turn the ball over. They were able to control the clock with him. He didn't drop passes out of the backfield. So if you do that, you're going to keep getting those opportunities. It just sounds to me, every time they talk about Peyton Hillis in Cleveland, it's, well, when he comes back, we have this. You could tell the stock is going down on Peyton Hillis. So Hardesty is a guy, he's going to be worth that flex play. Although I agree with Fabs, this week is kind of a tough one. Yeah, you heard the sense of resignation in Fab's voice. I completely concur with it. <laughs> and I think if I had to put one word to both Hardesty and Hillis, it would be underwhelming. And, you know, on Friday's NFL Fantasy Live, I told uh, Damashek and Money, that uh, Money Smith, that uh, the only thing that, that I liked <clears throat> or disliked more than they disliked my full beard was the pre-anointing <laughs> of Montario Hardesty as this great play. You know, what... Based on what? He hasn't shown me much. Yeah, I mean, no. what has he shown you? Same thing with Sean Marino. What has Sean Marino ever shown you to engender confidence? And uh, Fab's referenced the workload. 33 carries. Hey, man, that's great. But what did you do with those 33 carries? Not much. And by the way, just some numbers here on the Browns' uh, rushing attack. 91.5 yards per game. That's 29th in the NFL. Oh, by the way, there's only 32 teams in the league. But they're making up for it by averaging 3.3 yards a carry. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It, offensive line, uh, the two backs involved, Hillis and Hardesty. And, hey, guys, c- can we now agree that the Madden curse is real? Uh, every, every year it gets, the, it gets somebody. It didn't get Larry Fitzgerald, but it got Troy Palomalo when there were both players on there. And I'll tell you something, that, that curse, a lot of people make fun of it. It's gotten a lot of guys, <laughs> and it probably would have helped a lot of people uh, not lose so much sleep over their fantasy team if they had avoided Sean Alexander, Eddie George, Marshall Falk, Michael Vig. The list goes on and on. It, it's, it's unbelievable. I'll tell you one guy. You ready for this? Is that in 2003, I forget who it was, was supposed to be, was, was on the cover. I think it was Michael Vick maybe, and he got hurt, and he missed the first six weeks. But they knew it well ahead of time, so they were going to put Chad Pennington on the cover. And they had it all set to go shoot Pennington like a week or two later. You would know this, he, Jason. And that's when he, that's when he uh, jacked up his shoulder, and he missed the first seven weeks of the season. So here's a guy that wasn't even photographed for it yet, and he was going to be on there. I thought you were going to say William Green was supposed to be on the cover. And I was, wasn't, there, wasn't there a story about Barry Sanders, too, where he was going to be on the cover, and then he decided to retire, and instead they went with Dorsey Levins. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that happened too. Sticking on the topics of running backs, uh, Mark Ingram didn't practice today, and if Mark Ingram can't play this week, even if he can play, I'm telling you right now, if you own Darren Sproles and he's not in your starting lineup, you should quit fantasy football. This guy has been phenomenal. Now, this is a player who was drafted in most leagues late. In standard leagues, maybe not at all. In PPR, he was certainly a middle-round to late-round pick. But he is in the top 15 in fantasy points among running backs. He's averaging he is, over a point per touch, isn't he? He's got he, – he's unbelievable. Like, this is what Reggie Bush was supposed to be in the Saints offense, but because he was really never that good, Darren Sproles is showing what Sean Payton would have had in store for Reggie Bush had he been able to stay out of the trainer's room. Darren Sproles is a start a week for me on NFL.com in my stardom and him column against an awful Rams defense that made DeMarco Murray look like the second coming of pick your Cowboys running back, Tony Dorsett, Emmitt Smith – all the greats. Herschel Walker. Oh, sorry. He's easy. Hey, you know what? Herschel Walker is the reason the Cowboys won some Super Bowls. True, that's true. Yeah, he did it while playing for the so, so that's big news. To your yeah. point on Sproles, you know, we're not – you're talking about regular 
run-of-the-mill NFL.com scoring, you're not even talking PPR right. or getting credit for return yards. Right. Dude, yeah. if you got credit for return yards and PPR, yeah. remember he had the uh, return against the Packers uh, opening night? Sproles is a monster And because because you asked, you shall receive. I actually run two or three of my leagues where that is the scoring system, where you get return yards and touchdowns for the players, not for uh, the defense and the special teams. And right now, Darren Sproles is seventh in fantasy points overall. Okay, Drew Brees, 162 points. Sproles is 156. That is amazing. He's awesome, and he's 5'6". I'm taller than he is. And you can't say that about many people. <laughs> you can't say that much. I can say that about Andrew Siciliano, and I'm almost as tall as you, Harrison. Just, <laughs> not, as good, just not as good looking. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison, we are all vertically challenged here. The number is 888-963-2682. That's 888-XM-FANTASY. All your big fantasy injury headlines making way for Heath Evans in a couple of minutes. But uh, other injury news that I don't think is injury news because he seems to be saying this all the time. Beanie Wells, who was supposed to be out for the next couple of weeks with an injury, Alfonso Smith has been a big pickup this week. And while I don't like the matchup for Alfonso Smith this week moving forward with Wells' injury history. Surely he's worth having on your team. Don't call me Shirley. Beanie Wells says again he expects to play on Sunday. Now, but, meanwhile, nobody else says he's going to play. Right. The Arizona Republic is actually saying that he's not going to play, but you can't you can't listen to players. No. He, he's it's just fun to talk fantasy with players and talk about the game and talk about you can't listen to players. They're always going to tell you. What, and we learned that firsthand two weeks ago when Tim Hightower on oh. NFL Fantasy Live when asked who would you start, you or Ryan Terrain? He said to start me, and he didn't play a snap. No. The you can't trust players. You can't do it. You really can't. Hey, one other guy real quick is uh, Matthew Stafford, who didn't practice. Uh, Sean Hill is running with the first team. Eric Hipple is running with the third team. <laughs> Stafford's a guy who Eric has not Hipple. been playing well lately. Uh, still playing well, but not as well as he has the first five weeks of the season. Denver gets after the quarterback this week. Elliot, how concerned are you if he plays? Matthew Stafford's production might not be Matthew Stafford. Well, I just started to look over at Fabs, kind of like, hey, is it okay if I take this one? Kind of like in Rocky Four when when Apollo was supposed to, you know, he's getting introduced, and then finally they want to introduce Rocky, so Rocky, like, looks at him and is like, hey, is it okay if I, you know, if I get my applause? You know what I mean? I'm just, I don't know if you how guys many nickna- How many nicknames you got anyway? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Count of Monte Fisto. I just, it just reminded me of that scene. But, uh, listen, the Lions have got a serious problem brewing, I think, and it's not Stafford's play. I appreciate your point that, that his numbers have been down. He hasn't been playing as well, but... You have to run the ball at some point. You just have to. I mean, the NFL has been around since 1920, and the running game, as much as it's been de-emphasized, you can't de-emphasize it as much as the Lions have. They are 30th in the NFL in rush-pass ratio. On second down, they pass the ball more than any team in the league. On third and one through three, which is, oh, by the way, short yardage, they still pass the ball 76% of the time. On third through fourth, uh, third down and four through third down and six, they pass the ball ninety six point five percent of the time. You think you could run a draw in there somewhere? I mean, just anything to take the game off of your quarterback's shoulders. I know Javid Best is hurt, but they weren't running the ball when Javid Best was in there. Well, I'm not afraid of Stafford. If he plays this week against the Broncos, who have allowed the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks, I'm starting Stafford all day long. It's the ankle that worries me. 
Yeah, I, I think Stafford, I think this is just another case where the, the, the Lions are in a bad rut right now. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he had a, a three-pick day on Sunday just because of where the offense is going. They seem to be figuring out what the, what the Lions like to do. I, I could see Stafford three picks. Get ready for that minus three or minus six, depending on your league. But one thing to your point, you're worried about his ankle. What I'm saying is this is going to be a concern every week if they continue to put the game on his shoulders and sure. the opposing pass rushers don't ever have to worry about you know a draw play or or a trap or anything like yep. that. They're just meeting at the quarterback. And you so, know, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, maybe the best thing to do, uh, both for the Lions and fantasy owners, let him sit out this week. Then the Lions, I believe, are on a bye. Then he has a few weeks to heal. And Sean Hill will be a sleeper this week if Stafford can't play. Why not? Where does he, if, if no Matthew Stafford, where do you have him, where do you think you would have him ranked? Sean as Hill? As quarterbacks, yeah. I'd probably have him ranked right around 14. Right in that area, maybe just ahead, John Beck, who has a good matchup this week. Six teams on a bye. Uh, not a lot of great quarterbacks at the end of that uh, position either right now. So, it's NFL Fantasy Live. Jason Smith, along with Senior Fantasy Editor Michael Fabiano, NFL.com analyst Elliot Harrison, Sirius 210 XM87. Coming up next, the fantasy value of Terrell Owens and, oh, maybe a little bit of Peyton Manning. T.O. works out. No teams attend. Does that mean it happened? It did. Heath Evans, NFL Network analyst, stops by for the latest. Coming up next, it's NFL Fantasy Live, Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio. From the NFL Network and NFL.com, Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, and Elliot Harrison here at NFL Fantasy Live, answering all your fantasy questions. And yes, set to join us right now from the NFL Network is Heath Evans. Heath, did you ever go into the huddle last year and say, hey, Drew, I need the ball a little bit more. I get in the end zone here. Let, 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 let's spread the ball here a little bit. Did I ever? That was every play I was in. Are you kidding me? If I was going out on a pass, I'm like, hey, Drew, listen, I'm not going to pray for you next week if you don't throw me the ball on this down. So he just never took me serious, and I was dead serious. You know, Heath, uh, you and I actually were together yesterday in the uh, NFL Network studios watching T.O.'s workout, and you know, you're a player who also suffered a torn ACL. What did you see in that workout from T.O., positive or negative, and do you think he can come back and make a fantasy impact this year, meaning put up yards, touchdowns, uh, as long as he's actually on the field? Well, you know, if I'm going to put my doctor hat on, I'd say he's still probably six weeks away or so. Here's the negative side. I saw a lot of fatigue, which, you know, yesterday we had him on TA. Um, you know, he just said, hey, no, I feel good and all that. But here's the bottom line of an ACL rehab. Um, at the end of that rehab where supposedly he is, you're in the best shape of your life. I mean, you're pushing 3,000 yards of conditioning every single day. So your football route running ability and the football conditioning aspect, I mean, I didn't even think about that aspect at the end of my rehab process just because they're trying to overload that knee every single day. And so I almost think, man, he's kind of gotten ahead of the curve and maybe the foundation on this knee through all the work that he's done might not be as stable as he thinks it is because the conditioning should have been better yesterday. You know, Heath, uh, this is Elliot. I I wasn't with you at the NFL Network studio yesterday, but I see in the hallway from time to time and everyone refers to you as a former Patriot, then it's a former Saint, then it's a former Seahawk. Even did some time with the Dolphins. What do you be? Do you prefer to be, you know, linked up with one franchise over the other, especially having played for both the Saints and the Patriots? Yeah, definitely those two. My, my four years in Seattle with Mike Holmgren were a struggle. You know, I wasn't allowed to do the things I was great at. Um, I was always knocked for not being a bulldozer of a fullback. And then, you know, I get to New England, and Bill says, hey, listen, we love who you are as a blocker. You don't miss blocks. You're consistent. And he just allowed me to be everything that I was. They threw me the ball. They allowed me to play tailback. I played special teams. And then, obviously, Coach Payton and Mickey Loomis saw that and after the 08 season and said, hey, what's it going to take to get you down here to New Orleans? We go down there. We won a Super Bowl. 
and then they just continued to allow me to be the athletic fullback that makes blocks. But listen, I'm not Vonta Leach. I, I never was and never really wanted to be. I wanted to be the guy that could kind of do it all. Well, I want to keep you right there with the Mike Holmgren era, uh, era because when you were in Seattle, obviously Sean Alexander was there, and even Ricky Waters when you first got yep. there. You don't see backs getting 25 carries a game like those guys used to get. What do you attribute that to him? Because in fantasy football, it affects everyone. It's it's constantly this running back by committee, and you never know who to start. Uh, what do I attribute it to? Stupid mm-hmm. coaching. <laughs> you know, listen, <laughs> it's this game. No one's reinventing the wheel, even though a lot of people are trying. I mean, I even think in '09 when we were as successful as ever in New Orleans, we were running the ball a whole bunch. And, yeah, it was still by committee, but there were some streaks there where Pierre Thomas was just getting off, and he was getting that, you know, 15 to 20 workload where you knew, hey, listen, he's going to get two or three screens, he's going to catch the ball out of the backfield a few more times, and then he's going to get probably 15-plus touches. So you knew this is your guy to start week in and week out. You know, the teams that do it well, the teams that have had success winning Super Bowls, um, they either know how to run the ball or they just run the ball a lot just to say that they do. And so uh, even back to the Patriot days, those three Super Bowls, they were in an I-pro-style offense, and they ran the football. Hey, Heath, another guy making news. It's, it's weird, middle of the week, we're talking about inactive players making all the news besides Terrell Owens. But we, we see the report that Peyton Manning could come back the end of this year. Uh, you know, Bill Polian said, hey, you know, maybe the last few days, maybe the last few games, and his reports he's going to start running soon. Uh, Peyton trying to come back from this neck injury. What do you think the reality is as far as when he returns to the football field? Well, we've talked about it over and over again. Nerves are funny, but this is Peyton Manning. It's kind of like with T.O. If anybody can come back from the ACL injury, it's this guy. He's a workout warrior. He takes just phenomenal care of his body. Well, with Peyton, you know, he's got the best of everything around him. You know, I spent a little time with the Manning family uh, this weekend back in New Orleans, and they were encouraged about where he's at. You know, So, listen, Peyton's going to make the best decision for himself and that football team. The one thing about Peyton, if he does get back on the field, he immediately makes that team better. I will say this. This team, with Peyton or without Peyton, was not a playoff team this year. So, if you were the Colts, Heath, um, and you were clearly not making the postseason, would you risk bringing back Peyton Manning this year or just let him get completely 100% healthy and then bring him back next year? Because that's a lot of there's a lot of fantasy owners out there who see Peyton Manning on the waiver wire and they're thinking, you know, should I should I pick him up because is he going to come back this year? But to me, why would you bring a guy back when the season's clearly been lost already? Well, I think it solely depends on you know do you, do you want to be in those Andrew Luck sweepstakes? You know, and and that's a question that you know you got to say, hey, what does Bill Polian think about bringing in your number one overall pick to sit behind Manning, who's a guy that's not going to give it up for another what, four, five, maybe six years? This is a guy that takes care of himself, that uh, barring the nerve issue healing properly, he's going to be there. He's a quarterback that doesn't take hits. He always gets rid of the ball. So my thoughts are, hey, Bill Polian says, hey, listen, we want this guy for you to groom him, or let's put Manning in because we know we're going to go steal a couple wins at the end of the year. If he's behind center, they're going to beat some teams that otherwise they wouldn't have without him. You know, what I was thinking of, Heath, I think it comes down to this. Don't they have to make a decision on giving him like $28 million before uh, next season begins? I think they want to know that, okay, whatever direction we go, we see him play for a little bit, then we can make that big money decision in the offseason, not go in with potentially, boy, we got Peyton Manning, and then we have Andrew Luck, and we don't know what to do. I think that's why the Colts are pushing this, because they want to see him on the field if he can. 
I think there's an aspect of that, too. But the one thing that a nerve doesn't affect is this guy's brain. And his brain, and yes, his arm, but it's his brain that makes him Peyton Manning. It's no different than Breeze and Brady and now Rodgers. They're separated because of their ability uh, to approach the game in a cerebral manner where they're just better than everybody else. So they can see the nerve issues in March. They can see the arm strength. They can see accuracy. They can see ball control. They can see all that in March. I just think that they ultimately, do they care about being 0-16 and being in the position to, t- to take Andrew Luck? And so, uh, I don't know. There's so many ifs, ands, or buts which way this could spin, but I think if he's healthy, get him out there. It's Peyton Manning. He's going to energize your crowd and kind of breathe some fresh air into you for the next season. Well, Heath, you've been a great addition to the uh, network this year. You've done some great work on ATL and TA, but i got to take you to task on something. I, I remember in the preseason, Bob Kraft kind of hinted around that maybe you should still be suiting up. <laughs> And I just wanted you to turn around and say, (laughs) well, I wanted you to turn around and say, I'll suit up when you guys go back to the Pat Patriot uniform. Ooh, listen, I, I, I'm telling you, those, I, the throwbacks, um, I, I love. If Beth Ann and I, the time we missed there being in New Orleans, they got to wear those uniforms a few times. And I, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I was definitely envious and jealous for sure. Well, if we're going to have to watch the running back by committee with Stephen Ridley and Danny Woodhead and Jarvis Greenhouse, they could at least you know, give us cool unis to kill our fantasy teams with. <laughs> I understand. Hey, Bill is so old school. I'm not sure how they ever got him in the throwbacks to begin with. I mean, he just he wants as few distractions as possible. He could care what colored jerseys or pants they're in or what the helmets look like. He just wants his boy's mind focused on the game. So Brady must have wanted those throwbacks, and that's the only way they got him. All right, Heath, real quick, let me let me take you back to the Saints here for a couple seconds because Drew Brees spreads the ball around, as you know, to everybody. And, and when you take a look now, uh, the pecking order for Brees now seems to be Graham, Colston, Darren Sproles. Uh, agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I think it, you hit the nail on the head, you know. Um, and it's not people always want to say, oh, who's Brees comfortable with? He is comfortable with all those guys. There's not a receiving core and a quarterback that outworks these guys. I mean, before practice, post-practice. And, and let me clue you in on something. I mean, Sean Payton runs a marathon practice. And so these guys are out on the field Wednesday, Thursday, probably three and a half hours because practice goes for 245. And then they stay post-practice and work on every route we have. And so it's not a comfortability factor. It's just play to designed by Sean and Drew, and then just where they want to go with the ball. And obviously you guys know, kind of like Green Bay, you've got to pick your poison of, of who you allow to be open. And with Jimmy Graham, I mean, he's 6'6", 270. I mean, he, listen, you better pass interfere him or most of the time he's going to get his hands on the ball. All right, Heath Evans, appreciate your time with us here at NFL Fantasy Live. We'll see you in the hallways. Thanks, Heath. All right, buddy. Thanks, see you guys. See, see you, pal. All right, let's go back real quick to Peyton Manning talking about how he expects him to come back. If my backup situation is not great or if I'm in a league where I have three quarterbacks it doesn't hurt me I'll go out and get Peyton Manning now because now we got news about him now so now someone's going to eventually do it in your league why not go out and do it if we're talking about taking a chance on T.O. why not go grab Peyton Manning you have a dead spot on your bench most likely you can go put, or you have an injured spot you can put him on if you have dead weight on your roster absolutely I'm still not convinced that he's going to be coming back this year but it's a smart move. Uh, it could make you look like a genius at the end of the season. Remember a few years ago when everyone had basically written Kurt Warner off. He wasn't injured, but it didn't look like he would even play. I saw some people stashed him on his bench. When Matt Leiner went down the tubes, Kurt Warner was a fantasy superstar. So it's a different scenario, but the same kind of deal in that 
You pick up a guy and you kind of see what happens. I remember that Matt Matt Leinart woke up and realized he was Matt Leinart. Yeah, right. I, I yeah, definitely. You spend more time in the hot tub with Coas and you do study in your playbook. Well, you're going to get replaced by Kurt Warner. But how do you guys feel about you know if he gets activated late in the season? Now you're talking about playoff time and fantasy. I mean, do you really want to risk your playoff game on Peyton Manning? We'll look at it this way: a rusty for, Peyton if, Manning for the first game. I won't play Peyton because I'll, I'll you know if I'm going say I'm playing Tim Tebow or Peyton Manning, I'll stay with Tebow. I'll stay with who's there. But if he shows me in one game, he can go for 320 and throw a couple of touchdowns and suddenly you know distribute the ball. Yeah, I'd play him the next week. But I got to give him a week. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. And uh, if you do have a number two quarterback that's less than stellar, and your number one quarterback's pretty good, maybe like a Cam Newton, and you want to dump that number two guy once Newton's bye week is over, don't have a problem with it. 888-963-2682, 888-963-2682. It's NFL Fantasy Live. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, and Elliot Harrison from the NFL Network. Let's go to Rob, who's got a trade question. Rob, you're on NFL Fantasy Live. Hey there, how you doing? Pretty good, Rob. What good. do you got? Good. Hey, uh, so I got offered a trade from a guy in my league. He's willing to give me Tom Brady for LaShawn McCoy. Um, but I've got Big Ben as my, as my quarterback, and I think he's going to have a pretty successful second half of the season. Um, Who are you your running backs? Um, I, I got Forte and Chris Johnson on my other ones. Man, I I, I like Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, Roethlisberger is a guy that I touted even last year when he was going to be out for the first four weeks and said, pick him up somewhere in the middle of late rounds because you're going to get a steal. And he started off slowly, but he has been a beast. He's averaging over 20 fantasy points over his yeah. last two or three games. He's been phenomenal. And I know it would be nice to have Tom Brady on your fantasy team, but... If Chris Johnson was doing what Chris Johnson normally does, I might say, yeah, do this deal. But Chris Johnson spot. has been spot on your bench. horrible uh, in, sure. your, in your starting lineup. And McCoy's a star. Not to mention, if Chris Johnson turns it on and you hold on to McCoy, now you have a killer flex play. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's the thing. Are you getting? Are you going to wind up getting that much more out of Brady? That means you because so if you're the the difference between Brady and Roethlisberger, okay, it, you, it's a difference. You'd rather have Brady, but the difference between McCoy and Chris Johnson, it's you know you can't even compare. Can you believe that we're saying that? I mean, the, this situation proves beyond a shadow of a doubt how unpredictable the National Football League and fantasy football can be. And we sit here every day, and I've been doing this for almost twelve years, trying to figure out what's going to happen sort of predicting the future, and the fact that Chris Johnson, Chris Johnson, the guy who was the consensus number one overall pick in fantasy drafts just a year ago, is this bad? It's amazing. It, I would have never believed this if somebody told me in the preseason that he would be this bad after seven weeks, even with the holdout. It sure would help out a lot, though, if they had a healthy Kenny Britt to loosen up defenses, but they don't, and they don't have that reliable vertical threat. So if you're a defense and you're playing the Titans, you yeah. can just walk your safety up there in that box. And having that extra guy, especially if he's a good tackler, makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Right, but you had a healthy Kenny Britt for the first couple of weeks, and still Christian. I mean, he was rounding into shape, but still he wasn't. Yeah, finished. I think a lot of that had to do with the holdout. Right now, right now, I, I whether he's in shape or not, only he knows and only that staff knows. But they're having problems offensively. And if you're a defensive coordinator, you're not worried about anyone burning you deep on that team. Nate Washington, I've tried to stick with the guy. Nate Washington really hasn't done a lot this year. Chris Johnson's just not making plays. He's not making plays. And you worry as a fantasy owner and as as a Titans fan, if you're a Titans fan, did CJ get paid and now he's sort of tanking it a little bit? You know, if CJ has any confidence, any, uh, any real heart, he'll start turning things around and prove the naysayers wrong because 
he's been terrible for seven weeks. Yeah, and I will play him this week. Against the Colts, I would definitely play him. If he doesn't come through with a game this week, then he becomes a guy where I'll play Jackie Battle over Chris Johnson. I'll play a lot of guys over Chris Johnson. You can't do it against the Colts. You're going to do it against. I mean, and the Colts are just they're just terrible. So, and Chris Johnson's got a very favorable schedule uh, over the last nine weeks of the season, right? Nine, nine, ten weeks. He's got some really good matchups. Teams that can't stop the run, including the Colts. I believe he has the Colts two more times, right? So, yep. He, he it, it, it's now or never for for CJ two K. You start in, him this week. One interesting thing, just to wrap this uh, conversation up on CJ, is that we haven't really discussed the possibility that he could be hiding an injury. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. '95. Emmett Smith went for 1770 that year. The next year, he went for I think 1204. And everyone was like, what's wrong with Emmett? What's wrong with Emmett? And, you know, they were concealing that he was pretty banged up. And it's very possible, I mean, without any other better explanation yeah. for how he this guy is He doesn't look so like bad. he has that burst that he normally has. Yeah. It looks like he dances a little bit too much when he gets close to the line. I don't want to say it's like almost like he doesn't want to get hit, but he kind of has that bit of – he doesn't have that burst getting around guys like he and normally it, does. Is it me or is Emmett the only guy at the running back position that held out? That actually did something that year. Yeah, he won. Yeah. Uh, he did something. He won league MVP, Super Bowl MVP. That's what I'm saying. Average five right. Years a carry. But I mean, you talk yeah. about Stephen Jackson. You talk about Larry Johnson. Although Larry Johnson's could be attributed to the 416 carries had. Uh, I believe it was in 2006. Was it? Mm-hmm. But th- this is unbelievable. CJ's done nothing. Yeah, Emmett hold, held out the first two, two games, games of yeah. this regular season, much less yeah. training camp. Came back in week three. They didn't start him until the second half, and then week. Who four, are the Cowboys rolling with? Sherman Williams that year? No, Derek Lassick. I think Derek Lassick. That's right. I like Alabama? it. Every time you say Emmett, you say it like Barry Switzer. You say Emmett. Hey. I'm going to go get some beef jerky and Dr. Pepper after this. It's NFL Fantasy Live. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison here on Sirius 210 XM 87. Number is 888-963-2682, 888-963-2682. Keep you up setting your lineup, give you trade advice. And coming up next, we'll start our start, sit projections for the week, give you some quarterbacks you should get in your starting lineup this week. It's NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. It's NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius 210 XM 87. I'm Elliot Harrison, Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, and uh, that was some good cheese rock right there. Oh, I'm digging the Seahawks. They were big one-hit wonder back in like 87. I'm digging the Seahawks. I thought you were talking about the Seattle Seahawks. No, yeah. <laughs> no they're the Sea bit right now. The Seahawks is a one-hit wonder band from 87. Oh, okay. Well, guys, we've got, uh, got a mysterious guy missing practice today. Running back. We've got some quarterbacks that Fabs wants to get into, but we also have a caller who's been waiting very patiently. Uh, Dustin in Virginia needs a little lineup help. Dustin, what's going on? Nothing much. I just got a quick question about, or two part question about my lineup for this week. I uh, just made a few trades and not sure who to start. <laughs> Go for uh, it. It's a 12 team non PPR. I need two out of these three running backs either Frank Gore, Freddie Jackson, or MJD. Uh, and then I need two out of my four wide receivers, Mike Wallace, Marcus Colston, Steve Smith, Carolina, and Brandon Marshall. And then out of the remaining, which one to play for flex? Got some good options there. Yeah, you got some absolutely. very good options. I wish there. I had that team. I, I think uh, Freddie Jackson is, is clearly a no-brainer. Uh, I'd go with Gore over MJD at running back. I would, back. too. Uh, wide receiver, you need two of those. I don't know how the heck you sit Mike Wallace. I mean, the guy's been phenomenal. The thing... Colston and Smith, I mean, that's a tough call right now. Colston's been just lights out and going up against the Rams. That is a really, really tough call. I'd probably go Smith because he's been better for an extended part of the season. I mean, he's 
outside of maybe one or two games, he's been phenomenal. But he can flex Colston. But you can flex yeah. Colston. Yeah. So, and typically you like to flex the running back, Maurice Jones-Drew. Jones-Drew hasn't been that great this year. He's been okay. He hasn't been great. Um, big night Monday, though. It's a defense that we didn't think he was going to have a big night against. He had eight fantasy points. He fumbled three times. Well, outside, but he still was able to have a bit of produ- more production than we thought. Well, eight fantasy points isn't that great. Well, I mean, against it's the okay. Ravens defense, it's, okay. it's more than anybody thought. So uh, I like Colston in the flex spot there. Well, Dustin, I think what you should be getting from this is the biggest no-brainer is go ahead and sit Brandon Marshall on the pine on the road against the Giants. And another thing you should do is try to make a trade. I would maybe package Jones, Drew, and Marshall and get an even better running back or an even better wide receiver. I love making those kind of trades. You know, you know, it, it's funny how people still call. We still get texts and emails and get tweets. We'll get to uh, Fabiano's, Michael Fabiano's uh, quarterback starts this week in a second. You heard John Beck a couple seconds ago. But how many people still tweet and email me, I have running backs to choose from, and Fred Jackson is one of them. I'm like, what, dude, what are you doing? I mean, it's like yeah, I know. I, I, he's the number one running back in fantasy football. You, you have to play him. He's the yeah. guy. But still, every week they'll say, do I play Fred Jackson or Frank Gore? I'm like, are you are – you, are you, did, did you did pod people taking over here? It's incredible. Well, speaking of great running backs, should we be concerned about Adrian Peterson? Yeah, Peterson missed practice on Wednesday, and if you're smart and you have the roster space and you have AD, go get Toby Gerhardt uh, and handcuff AD. Great matchup this week against the Panthers, who have a lot more fantasy points to running backs than any other team in the National Football League. Peterson's normally a gamer. I'd be surprised if he didn't play. But you have to make sure you have that insurance. We talk about the handcuff all the time, and people some some people say, "Oh, the handcuff is overrated." Really? You see all the running backs that have gotten hurt this year, yeah. and if you didn't handcuff them, you're uh, you're in trouble, big trouble, if and you can't get them off the waiver wire. And I would trust that they would use Toby Gerhardt inside the five. And when sure. you handcuff, that's what you're looking for. Because hey, yeah, does the guy get you 38 yards rushing and 12 yards receiving? Yeah, there's five fantasy points. But if he gets mm-hmm. a goal line work, you tack a touchdown, and now you're getting 11 points out of your handcuff which in a bye week is not bad production. It is NFL Fantasy Live Series 210 XM87. Michael Fabiano, third week in a row, ranked number one as the expert with the best start. They're closing in on me, though. Across the country. Well, yeah, when you're number one, everybody's shooting at you. They're closing yeah. in on me, yeah. But still number one for the third week in a row as far as experts go across the country. So give me some big quarterback starts for you this week. Wait a minute. What, Jason, what's the you said you're going to let me drive the car for this segment. So let me. Can I tee Michael Fabiano up on this? You could, do you actually have a tee? Hey, uh, do I need to get you guys, you know, and put you in the corner? You need a timeout, both of you. Hey, Fabs. Yeah. So everything D- Jason just said. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, he's not the best color man in the business for anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Can I get into this now? Yeah. Go, for guys. It. Go please, sir. Jeez, I'm like with a t- couple of one-year-olds. All right, Matthew Stafford. Uh, you have to keep tabs on the status. I know he had a bad game last week. In I Denver. like him against the Broncos. What's that? He's in Denver. In Denver, uh, facing the Broncos. They've allowed the second most fancy points to quarterbacks. If he's active, I play him. Bad week last week, but really it was his first bad week all year. Ben Roethlisberger against the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots have really not been good in terms of passing uh, pass defense. And Roethlisberger has been on fire, averaging around 22 fantasy points over his last three games. I also like Eli Manning. Uh, look at the matchup against the Dolphins, who Tim Tebow put up 23 fantasy points against last week. Eli's on pace to have his best fantasy season. He's already thrown for close to 1,800 yards, 12 total touchdowns, uh, and the Dolphins have allowed more fantasy points to quarterbacks than any team in the National Football League. Joe Flacco looked bad Monday night, and that's probably that's, an understatement. That's, that's an the understatement. third game time this year he has looked but really bad. 
you know what? He's a better quarterback at home. They're playing the Cardinals. Uh, they're giving up an average of right around 20 fantasy points a game to quarterbacks. So, yes, Joe Flacco stunk and probably cost you a win last week. But if he is your guy, I stick with him. Uh, Elliot Harrison's guy, Matt Hasselbeck, he's been toast the last couple of weeks, his last couple of starts. Thank you for that. Averaging about eight fantasy points per game after a very good start to the season. But I like him against the Colts as a matchup-based starter, uh, spot start. The Colts are allowing about 19 fantasy points per game. And deep leagues, and I've got to start this guy in one of my leagues, John Beck. Uh, and you may laugh and scoff at John Beck. He scored almost 19, fan- almost, uh, 19 fantasy points last week. And he's playing the Bills in Toronto, and they allow an average of 18 fantasy points per week to quarterbacks. So you could do worse. Uh, I like Beck over Christian Ponder. I like everybody over Blaine Gabbert. I like him more than Curtis Painter. I like him over a Colt McCoy. Guys like that. If you need that one-week spot start, like I have Aaron Rodgers on that team. He's off this week. I don't have another quarterback on my roster, so I'm going with Beck. Yeah, I, I like the Beck pick, and I think that's the most interesting of the group. And, uh, you know, you look at Buffalo's pass defense. They're 30th in the NFL. Yeah. So it, it's we always talk about matchups. Yes, the Bills are having a nice season, Jason. But that doesn't mean their defense is playing lights out. Several quarterbacks this year put up huge fantasy numbers against them. Yeah, you know the only thing worse than their pass defense? What's that? Their rush defense. <laughs> They're giving up 170 yards a game on the ground. Watch out for Ryan Terrain and Roy Hulu. Yeah, the Bills are one of those teams where we think they're great, but, yeah, you play everybody and the kitchen sink against these guys. You know, Fab's brought up Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, and there was a couple of weeks, uh, up until last week, I would say, where those, you get outside of, like, the top five, top six quarterbacks where it was a dice roll, and you were playing matchups, and you were playing guys, boy, I don't know, do I play Rex Grossman this week? Do I play Ryan Fitzpatrick this week? Now at least Eli and Roethlisberger seem to be two guys that are settling into those, okay, I'm going to play these guys every week because both of these offenses now are morphing towards being quarterback-centric. We saw it last year with the with the Giants. Eli's having the same year this year, except he's not throwing the picks, which is great for Eli. Roethlisberger, it's almost like a carbon copy of what he did last year, except he actually played in the first four games. The Steelers can't run the football. Rashard Mendenhall, you couldn't run against the Cardinals. Who do you run against? This is going to be Roethlisberger's team. He's going to wind up being that must-start. Must-start now, I think, as the season goes on. Not just a guy, okay, he's there for me, but he's going to be a must-start. When you talk about it being a, di- a roll of the dice, maybe like a 20-sided dice from the old Dungeons & Dragons days, because the closeness of 6 through 20 was unbelievable the first couple weeks. I mean, you had guys coming out of nowhere, Rex Grossman having great weeks. We've seen some of that dissipate. This weekend, there were only three 300-yard passers. Uh, you're not seeing the guys put up the giant numbers like they did in Week 2 and Week 3. That said, I agree with Fabs. Listen, if you don't have a great option, roll with John Beck. I like it. It's tough, man. I, I still like I like Ponder over Beck just because I think it's going to be another week of street ball. It's going to be – I like the matchup against the Carolina Panthers, and I think he can get outside the pocket, keep plays alive, and complete passes downfield. That's, that's really what he did week one. He wasn't very accurate, but he threw the ball really well downfield. He wasn't afraid. He reminded me of Cam Newton there where I'm not afraid to go downfield, not afraid to go out and make plays. Ponder is that is, – he's a, he's a high-risk, high-reward guy, and I like the matchup this week to give me a high reward. The reason I don't like Ponder is because – and again, let's assume Adrian Peterson plays. He's going to carry it 25 times. The Panthers can't stop the run to save their lives. Their pass defense isn't bad. So opportunity is going to be the problem with Ponder. Well, let's let's. So you say so you say Ponder over John Beck. Jason. Yes, I'll go okay. Ponder over John Beck. And Fabs, you've got Beck over Ponder, correct? Yes. All right. What if Bradford plays Beck or Bradford? I'd probably go with Beck. Bradford Jason? has not played in a couple of weeks. Um, 
and, and that offensive line's got issues. Uh, that offensive line, and, and who are they playing this week, guys? Come on. I don't want to say it. Say the it. Saints. The Saints. I, I, that that defense is aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but just look at all the points the Colts put up. Oh, never mind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think this is interesting because I think a lot of people that are listening to us right now are going to have to make these kind of decisions. I mean, John Beck or. And it's sad to say, but it's John Beck is at the point where we're seeing. So let me let me give you another one: Matt Castle at home versus the Chargers, or John Beck versus the Bills. I don't like Castle at all this week. Uh, I don't like him at all. He has averaged 130 passing yards in his last four games against the Chargers. And Castle, yes, he had that one big week, and everyone was all over him. And oh, Castle, this Castle, that. He has blue eyes. I'm just not a Castle guy, man. I, I I wasn't a Castle guy last year. I'm not a Castle guy this year. Uh, he had a good game. He had a good season in, in 2010 with the 27 touchdown passes. But call me crazy, I'm going John Beck over Matt Castle. Uh, you know what? If if there, it wasn't the case where okay, we're working in things new now with no Santana Moss and and Jabbar Gaffney's going to be the number one guy, I still think Castle is a better play this week. He had three really good weeks in a row. Last week didn't have to throw the football at all because the Raiders would just keep giving the ball to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs were getting running points from Jackie Battle. They were getting points from Dexter McCluster. Uh, Javier Arenas even ran in a touchdown. He's a defensive back. I mean, they they really didn't need him last week, so I'll still go with Castle. I, before I mean it's. John Beck. I mean, no. I know it's it's. Uh, you yeah, but you can say that about it's Curtis Painter, and you could say that about in the first week of the season, it's Cam Newton. It doesn't matter anymore at quarterback, man. Yeah, Any quarterback can go out there and put up a big stat line. Anybody, well, maybe not. You know, well, even Rex Grossman did it the first few weeks of the season. So there, I'm just defeating my own point. Well, yeah. guys, I, I would take Beck over Castle. I would take Beck over Colt McCoy. I take Beck over Alex Smith this week. Yep. Uh, I would take Beck over whoever Seattle rolls out there at quarterback. I think there are a lot of guys that you can take Beck over this week. Wow, I I'm, I just I just can't buy into Beck. I just can't buy into him. I, there's a lot of guys I would start ahead. Now there is yeah. If if my if I was a mess and I had to start Charlie White or somebody, okay, then yeah, yeah, sure. Then I go with John Beck. If I got stuck because I had Chad Henney and Matt Moore, okay, fine. But I just I just can't. I got I want to see it from one more time. Well, we're going to have to take a break, but who is the MVP of the first half of the fantasy football season? Who is the biggest bust? Log on to SiriusXM.com slash Fantasy Sports Radio right now to cast your vote and be a part of the second annual Fantasy Football Midseason Special. We're celebrating the best and worst moments of the first half of the season, and we need your help. So log on to the channel homepage right now, SiriusXM.com slash Fantasy Sports Radio. NFL Fantasy Live returns in a moment. Sirius 210, XM87, we are NFL Fantasy Live, and you were just listening to a highlight of Tim Tebow to Sean Marino. Talk about two risky plays, particularly the latter, Sean Marino, but Michael Fabiano is here to talk about some quarterbacks that you might want to sit on the pine. We decided to give Jason Smith this segment off, so he's coloring on the wall currently, <laughs> doing a heck of a job drawing pictures of Tim Tebow, but uh, Fabs, let's start with Tebow. Uh, would you sit him? You know what? Uh, there has not been uh, a bigger fan of Tim Tebow from a fantasy perspective than me over the last couple of weeks. In fact, I had to apologize prematurely on my Twitter for telling people to start him three and a half quarters into that game before he went off and scored 23 fantasy points. If you have another option, if you have a Roethlisberger, uh, if you have a Stafford, uh, if you have a quarterback with a better matchup, somebody like that, I might bench Tim Tebow this week, and here's why. The Lions have allowed very few fantasy points, the fifth fewest quarterbacks in the National Football League this year. And the Dolphins had such a great pass rush on Tebow 
What are the Lions going to do that offensive line? That worries me a little bit. So, again, I have Roethlisberger in a league uh, where I have Tebow. I'm playing Roethlisberger this week. Tebow is still going to get you points with his legs. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does against the Lions because, really, listen, and we talked about this on NFL Fantasy Live this morning, Tebow looked ugly. His passes looked ugly. Wounded Ducks look better than some of his passes. Um, But he still scored fantasy points. You referenced the rushing, though. Exactly. I want to see what he can do against the Lions. Listen, if I don't have any other better options, I play him. He'll get you 10, 12, 13 points even in a bad week because of the rushing ability. But I don't see him having a big game against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Also don't like Christian Ponder against the Panthers, as I mentioned early. I think it's going to be Adrian Peterson. If Peterson's out, that's a different story. Alex Smith, matchup-based starter this week, not a good matchup against the Browns. They've given up the third-fewest fantasy points to signal callers this year, which is a surprise because you think the Browns, you don't think defense. Joe Hayden and that crew, the pass defense, very good. Kevin Cobb, great game last week because he had to throw a ton because the Steelers were blowing the Cardinals out. Don't like him on the road against the Ravens. Avoid him. Matt Castle, as I mentioned earlier, he's averaging fewer than 130 passing yards per game in his last four against the Chargers, and I'm just not a Castle guy. And you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's averaged just 11 fantasy points in his last three starts. Maybe the balloon's coming off the rose a little bit. Uh, and the Redskins have a really improved defense. They've only given up five touchdown passes all year. So you're saying start John Beck over Ryan Fitzpatrick? No, I, I'd still go Fitzpatrick. I think Beck is more of a sleeper type, okay. a guy that you roll the dice on. I'd still start Fitzpatrick over Beck, but if Beck scored more fantasy points than the Harvard graduate, wouldn't shock me at all. Well, you know, you reference uh, well a couple things here, but Tebow and the rushing, what I was going to get to was that the Lions linebackers aren't very good. Mm-hmm. And let's say they do get pressure on him. Tebow spins out of a sack or they, they do some design draws. I think he can hit them for 60, 70, even 80 yards rushing. I mean, I, I really think that's where your point total for Tim Tebow could come this week. That's where I, I think you're a little more safe starting him than, say, a quarterback who wasn't as mobile against the Lions because they've been so good against quarterbacks this year. But, again, Roethlisberger, Stafford, you know, Newton, you know, guys like that, you've got to start those guys this week over a Tim Tebow. Because of the matchup. Right, and Tebow had two passing touchdowns last week. I don't see him getting two passing touchdowns against the Lions. We are NFL Fantasy Live, 210XM87. Coming up, we're going to be talking more Tim Tebow. We're going to be talking a little T.O. And we're going to talk wide receivers, start and sit them. Stay with us. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. 
Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 